you know the vibes welcome to a new year here at the hoop genius podcast brought to you by nba 2k24 you can get your copy from the link in our bio it is 2k24 we're now in the year 2024 the first episode we taped in the new year monday's episode we taped previously because you know the new year schedule a little bit hectic and um <laughs> moments are here as always bj armstrong alongside me bj how was your christmas new year celebrations uh, you know mo thanks for asking and i hope everyone had a you know happy uh holidays happy new year and uh but it was good mo it was good kids were home now they are uh, heading back to school uh, the older two, and uh, we're just we're just getting ready. Uh, you know, just as they say, we keep it moving. You know, over here, mm-hmm. and that's uh, all good. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, this year, 2024. You know, when you're a kid, right, BJ? When I was a kid, and I envisioned what the future would be like in like 2024, I thought we'd have like flying cars. I thought you'd be able to teleport places. Da 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 da. We're nowhere near any. You guys of don't have that there. You guys don't have that. Oh no, no, that's just for the rich people over in LA. Oh, oh. That's just you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now it's me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, right, me. All right, let me. Yeah, all right. me. That's for sure. <laughs> okay. Um, but as you look ahead into the future, maybe we aren't quite as advanced as we would have hoped. However, the thing that is advanced, and you spoke about this a few weeks ago, which said it is something that really fascinates you, is artificial intelligence. That's going to be a big part of the world now in 2024. So I thought to kick this year off, I've asked an artificial intelligence robot to give me 10 predictions for the NBA this year. Okay. So these are my opinions. This is the opinions of the robots that will one day take over the world. So (laughs) if you guys are listening, big up to you. It's all love. It's all love. I'm not trying to get caught slipping. But BJ, we're going to go through these 10... These 10 predictions, and uh, we're going to see your opinions and my opinions. Are you ready? Okay. Opinion number one says, LeBron James will see a significant decline in his performance in 2024, no longer being a top 10 player in the league. Now, LeBron James defies time, but the one reason why I could see someone having this opinion is the amount of strain the Lakers are having to rely upon him for right now. And the amount of minutes he has to log, the amount of scoring load he has to carry. And is that going to be sustainable throughout the rest of this regular season, the NBA playoffs, and then heading into the Olympics and then next season as well. Are you expecting to see a decline in LeBron's game in 2024? Well, it depends on how you define decline. And well, they said no longer a top 10 player. Okay. That's a, that's a very subjective, it's a subjective opinion. That's right. Okay. So, you know, we all have different things that we value. You know, some people will say scoring. Some people will say win share. Some people will say stats and minutes played and so forth and so on. Now, you know, the, the, the narrative that we, are defying father time and all those things, you know, well, those, those are, those are very subjective views that we have here in the media. However, that's one thing, Mo, that that's very consistent is your, the significance of winning 
That's how, that's how sports, team sports is measured. That's how sports is measured in, in general. However, we want to ignore that because everyone has their own things that they value. Now, winning is the only thing that matters. That's that's it. If you are in sports and you have, well, I'm averaging this. I'm getting these numbers. I'm, okay, that's great. However, in the end, the last game of the season is what matters, what matters most. Mm -hmm. And as we age, Mo, you know, there's a thing, you know, effort and energy can be observed, right? It can be observed. And does it go away? Some, some games he will actually play to a level you'll say, wow. And I've said it years ago. I said, just give me what you got at this age. When I built the when I built the BJ Armstrong robot with artificial intelligence, that's going to be one of the catchphrases. Just, just give, give me, me what you give got. me what you got. That's that, that's it. Now you're asking, what he's thirty? What eight? Thirty nine now? Happy birthday, okay, LeBron! For a few days yes, ago, thirty nine. And as you age, okay, it's one thing that deteriorates with age. That's speed and quickness. He'll always be 6'8", 250, or 260, whatever he is. He'll, so you have speed and quickness. You have size and strength. He'll always have size, and he'll always be strong. What you traditionally see as people age is they begin to play against bigger players because, you know, you don't utilize your speed and quickness as much. You know, I just saw him a week or two ago after the, the play-in tournament or it's been more than two weeks now. Yeah, it's been about a month. He's now gone to the point guard position. And I thought, I thought, that's interesting. The Lakers played a lineup of like all power forwards. It was like LeBron AD, uh, Torian Prince, Jared Vanderbilt, and I can't remember who the fifth step was. Cam Reddish. Cam Cam Reddish. Reddish. All guys that could play the four. Yeah, so I, I, I thought that's interesting. But again... It is what is what's your significance and contribution to winning? That to me is what it's all about. Now, I don't know what the AI sees and I don't know what the AI values. Um, but what I do know is that you got to find the right combination as a player, as your coaching staff and executives, as your team, that's going to contribute to the bottom line. And that's that's it. And and as I watch him, I know he still can contribute. Now, at what position? Okay, that's debatable. And that's what the Lakers right now are trying to find out. And, you know, I think that's just, you know, some things never change. And that's why I don't get distracted by all of these other observations. Because in the end, we know what we know what contributes to winning basketball. We must defend, we must rebound, and we must share the ball. And if LeBron is still going to be your best player, or one of, we better find out what position he could defend. <laughs> That's another course. catchphrase going in the BJ yeah, Armstrong yeah, robot. It, it's all of this other stuff. I'll, I'll tell you this though. Dis- I'll, I'll tell you this. Like, what, like, what, what is he going to do? My my opinion hasn't changed. I, I disagree with the robot. If you have one series or one game, you can't name 10 players I'd rather take over LeBron James. If you put it in the context of 82 games plus, or 84 games now with the, with the in-season tournament, plus the play-in and the playoffs, then it becomes tricky. 
um, Father Time being undefeated. But speaking of Father Time, the prediction number two is that the Golden State Warriors, despite their strong history, will miss the playoffs in 2024 due to aging stars and a lack of defensive depth. Do you think the Warriors are going to make the playoffs this season, BJ? Well, you know, I, I, I you know, it's really hard because I want to look at it and say, okay, here is what it is. When it ends, Mo, it's going to end bad. Another catchphrase for the BJ robot. Okay, yeah, the it's BJ going to end. It's, it's going, this is going, no one escapes this journey that the Warriors are on. Yeah. No one escapes it. Yeah. Okay. Now, the, the key thing is to tell me why it's going to end bad. That's the key. Don't, just don't say it. Well, even Tell if we don't why. look at the Warriors themselves, let's just say we look at the Western Conference, right? If we list out the teams, you got the Timberwolves, who are number one, the OKC Thunder, number two, Denver Nuggets, number three, the Clippers are number four, the Kings are number five. Let's say those five teams are a lock for the playoffs right now. Then you've got the Pelicans, the Mavericks, the Suns. I think those three teams should also consider themselves locks for the playoffs. So really and truly, they're eight very good teams in the West already. And then the tier below, you've got the Rockets, the Lakers, and the Warriors. And then you, the, the Grizzlies could make a late run for the play-in as well. And then essentially you have the Jazz, Portland Trailblazers, and San Antonio Spurs who are rebuilding. So I think just numerically, based on the amount of good teams they have in the Western Conference, I could see this happening. Because which of the teams that I listed ahead of the Warriors do you see dropping out of that race? Aside from major injuries occurring, you know th things happen. Injuries occur, like you just mentioned. You know, the, suddenly the Warriors has a favorable schedule. You know, when I say favorable, favorable to to the strength of their team, right? Maybe mm -hmm. maybe they play better on the road. Maybe they play whatever they do. However, I've been saying this now, and 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 this isn't anything new. Once you have a level of success, the other executives begin to build their team that will counter whatever the best teams do. They've had a level of sustained success for a decade or so. Just like right now, the, the Denver Nuggets are kind of the team that everyone is watching. And the team now that's currently in first or second place, I didn't look at the standings today. Timberwolves will be first. The Timberwolves, they're built around the following, they know that if they're going to beat or compete against Jokic, who looks like he's going to be here for the next decade, I might add. If he, he, if he doesn't want to go and play with his horses instead. Yeah, you can't play small against him. The, the final position that learned how to play small ball was the center position. And it took them, and I say them, because the coaches had to figure out how to incorporate size and length in small ball, because everybody started playing six five and below. Everyone started shooting threes. That means they got farther away to the basket. No one was running post-up plays, Mo. And now that everyone has caught up with that style of play, the Warriors, like everybody, what's your unfair advantage in the game of basketball? So people say things like, like, like that, that comment, but tell me why. The Lake, the, the Lakers, the Warriors had an unfair advantage. They, they gave it a term. They said it was their death lineup. Mm -hmm. 
They went small. They could defend. And they took away a very invaluable, they took away a very valuable component to most teams' offensive sets, screen roll. That's what they did. They could switch anywhere on the court, one through five, and they felt very comfortable with that. And that was a little ahead of its time. Mm -hmm. Now, why are they not going to make the playoffs? Because now every other team, and in particular, the five, the five position has caught up. So give an example. Brooke Lopez, he's now a stretch five. Jokic, Embiid. Now we take power forwards, Giannis, move him to the five. You saw other players now playing, LeBron James, for instance, started playing the five. You're seeing other teams now with other players may not be as effective as a Draymond Green. However, they can match up with them. So other teams now have began, had begun to counter that style of play. Now you're seeing teams get big again. Why? Because if if Jokic win, if Jokic wins it again this year, you'll start to see a reemergence of everyone playing big. Well, also, like during that time, the Warriors made their run. There weren't that many great bigs in the league. Like who were well, the best there were bigs? bigs? Who were the there best? Were who bigs. were the best bigs? There weren't bigs challenging for the MVPs of the NBA during okay. the late 2010s. Because we, 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 because we, we undermined the position. That's what we did. There were bigs. They just took them out of the game. Everyone went small. Why? Because everyone figured out. Said, "Oh my goodness, we got to play when they come with their small lineup." I re- I remember when they started playing. P.J. Tucker, for instance, at the five. Mm-hmm. Everyone started playing. There were all. There will always be bigs in this league. However, the bigs traditionally have played from the box, and then suddenly, when we started playing on the perimeter at the three-point line, you took away their ability to rim protect. You took away their ability to switch and do things that you would normally do. However, you would defend screen rolls, one-man remove over the top, funnel defense. And then they took that away. So you're seeing now the bigs, for instance, a Lori marketed. No, those guys are coveted now. Okay. You're seeing Evan Mobley, who played the center position in college. He came into this league mode playing the small forward position. Mm-hmm. So you're seeing, you're seeing things shift. You're just seeing a shift in the game. And the game is constantly evolving. However, the thing that we love about the game mode is that once it gets to the playoffs, uh, once again, it always reverts back at some point. But it always does. Mm-hmm. But the regular season is an experiment because that's the regular season. And the Warriors were one of the few teams who had a, 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 a style of play that they played in the regular season that you couldn't counter. And then it translated to the defensive end in the playoffs. If you could take away something from a team and they don't have a counter to it. If I just take away your ability to play screen roll mode, you take away probably 70, 80% of all the team's offensive sets. <laughs> <laughs> if you just take away that, they're not even talking about the lineups. They're not talking about the matchups. They're just taking away a set. That's a powerful thing. So give the Warriors credit. They were ahead of their time. And whether they did it by design or they fell into it, they did it. And they were really, really good at it at one particular time. And now, Mo, they've aged a little bit. Guys have retired. You know, you 
you hear me talk about depth all the time. Andre Iguodala is, is there no more. Sean Livingston is not there anymore. Barbosa is not there anymore. You know, most Spates and all of those guys, David West, they're not there anymore. No, we keep talking about the big three. Believe it or not, Mo, they had a group, nine, ten players where they had a lot of depth. And mm-hmm. they just don't have that. And, and it wasn't just the encore depth as well. They had guys who were very experienced in the NBA. Now they've got more depth of younger players who aren't as experienced in being in the league and well, making it to the postseason, well, Mo, et cetera. I would say, I would argue this. There's only one way to get experience. You got to play. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you're not going to sit. They're not ready yet to sit down Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, or Draymond. Okay. At some point here, they're going to have to make a shift. At some point. Every mm-hmm. team does. Mm-hmm. Now, at some point, Kaminga and Moody, and they've traded some other their other young players away. At some point, those young players are going to have to be in their top you know, three or five players. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. It's just what it is. Now, they haven't made that shift yet. And until they do that, We'll keep talking about the old days. The the game moves on. It's one thing about the NBA. There's another one tomorrow, mm-hmm. and, it, <laughs> and there's and there's gonna there's gonna be another game. So okay. at some point well, here, they they're gonna have to make a shift, and it's always hard because who wants to be the guy that says, "Hey, um, such and such is not gonna play tonight." Well, he's going to get- definitely not Bob Myers, and that's why he left the team. And we'll see if Steve Kerr stays there after this summer. Um, but the third prediction that the AI had for us was that well, the AI must be a big Wembenyama fan uh, because it says a rookie will outperform seasoned veterans, claiming the MVP title in 2024. A feat really seen in the NBA. Now, I think that's clearly wrong because there's not a rookie that's going to win MVP this season. However, I think it could slightly be right because I think. That this year it will be a younger player who wins the MVP, aka Shagos Alexander or potentially Luka Doncic. What do you think, B? Yeah, the, the MVP trophy has really kind of fell into a, a, a it's a weird category. You know, you know, I don't I don't really know what the MVP There's category a different category because really my logic of this is if OKC finished top two in the West. I don't see how you can't give Shagos Alexander the MVP. Um, but similarly, you can make a case for Luka Doncic in the same way that people made a case for Russell Westbrook and James Harden with how much they had to carry their team, with what he's putting up, the numbers he's putting up, and winning games for the Dallas Mavericks, despite the absences of Kyrie, who returned just the other night, and and a few of the other members of the squad. So that, that's kind of my rationale in predicting either of those two winning the award. Uh, but who's your pick right now as it stands? We'll see. I mean, this has been a, this year has been kind of an odd year for me. I think maybe because of the, the play-in tournament. I don't think it's anyone who really stands out. No one has really separated themselves from the pack for me. There hasn't been a team that's really said, we're clearly the best team in the league during the regular season. There hasn't been a player that's that's just totally dominated the game on either end of the floor. You know, I think in a series, I I still think Jokic is probably the player that would be most difficult to game plan against um, at this particular time. Uh, Giannis is playing kind of a different style. I'm trying to figure out, you know, what they're doing there in in Milwaukee. Um, 
But I still think those two players are probably the most dominant players to, to game plan in a series. However, there hasn't been a player for me. You know, look, I, I love it what Shea's doing there. I mean, Luka Doncic is Luka Doncic. He's putting up some big numbers. A, However, a lot of people say MB because of the numbers he's putting up, but you have to factor MB, in. Yeah, but now you, they have the rule of, what is it, 65 games? Does that apply to yeah, the MVP award? And that means he can only miss 10 more games this entire season. So he's going to have to avoid 10 more games against good teams um, for him to win win the MVP award. Yeah. So it, you're right. There isn't like a clear leader For me, that's Jokic just Jokic had a tough stretch and Giannis, even though the Bucks, I think, are much better than people realize, it hasn't been like the hot start to the season that everyone was kind of expecting from them. So it's going to be interesting. Um, but I would like a kind of younger player to win this award because everyone's worried about the, the future of the league and whatnot. Um, the fourth prediction here says that the Brooklyn Nets, despite having a star-studded lineup, will end up as one of the lowest-ranked teams in the Eastern Conference. Um, Where's the star-studded? What's I wouldn't star-studded? describe the Brooklyn Nets as star-studded. Okay. Um, perhaps this is why the, the robots can't fully take over yet. They might still be thinking KD and Kyrie over there in Brooklyn. Um, the Nets are 15-18, and 18, though, right now in ninth place in the Eastern Conference. Um, they are coming over to Europe uh, next week to play in Paris. I'll be over there. Okay. But uh, I don't really see them as a playoff team. I think they'll be in the play-in. Um, I don't know if they make it to the playoffs. And if they do, I, I don't really see them doing very much at all in the first round, unfortunately, for them. I don't know if you see any different. Well, look, Mikael Bridges and these guys, I, if it's one thing I'll give those guys, they show up. You know, Mikael Bridges is a, I mean, he... He has been an example of availability since he entered into the league. So as long as players like him and others continue to show and and give effort, they'll win their fair share of games. I think the big question is, do they have the capability as a lower seed? Because that's what it looks like. They don't look like they're in the upper echelon. They they do sit on a whole bunch of draft picks from those KD and Kyrie trades. They could make a move to actually improve their team and become star-studded in some sense. Yeah, I'm 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 not a, you know, that's a new phenomenon, draft picks. That's mm-hmm. a new phenomenon. I mean, I think you and others have more value to, you know, draft picks than I do. Like, I need I need people who can actually play in the game. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, so we just talked about with the Warriors, you know, five seconds ago about how they how they're inexperienced, and then we're putting value on draft picks, people who've never even played in the NBA, let alone we got to get the draft pick right. Mm-hmm. We got to put together the team right. Chemistry, experience. I, I, you know, give me what you got right here, right now. Like we, we're valuing something in the future with no experience. Well, Mo, I'm not going to battle with young, inexperienced players. It's not happening. No, absolutely those players, not. That's why yeah. it's for rebuilding teams. Yeah, tanking, that's what I'm saying. But... So those those draft picks and they, they those mean nothing to me right here, right now, in this moment, mm-hmm. right? Because these players aren't going to school for three or four years. But there are yeah. teams who place a big value on the draft picks available. I don't think there's any team that does. I think it's sold that way. Okay. <laughs> I think they're. I think it's sold that way. I don't think anyone who's trying to win place value in draft picks because those players can't play in the game. So why do teams move their stars in exchange for hordes of draft picks? Again, I think it's being sold that way. If you're trying to win in today's game, 
You look at any team. They all look for experienced players. Now, the one thing that you do sell, which you, can, you can't argue, you can say, hey, we're going to rebuild our team and we're going to get all these draft picks. And everybody goes, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, well you still got to draft. You still got to put together the team. That's a five, six, ten year. Sometime you never come back from that rebuild process. It's nothing guaranteed. You know, I remember when they started the process. They're still processing. <laughs> still trying okay. to get out of that second round. Okay. So all of these people who sell that, okay, if, if, if that's how you want to look at it, I'm not here. However, when you want to win, you need those guys like Jeff Green, Bruce Brown, Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. PJ Tucker. All why are all of these veteran players always coveted during the trade deadline? Why, if you're trying to build a team, you're building with experienced players? Because we all know if you want to win in this league right now, you need experienced players who are battle tested. So all of the draft picks, that's fine. I'm not dig, I'm not devaluing the future of any organization. However, if you're betting on the future of the generation of those things, when Binyama doesn't come around, but once every 20 or 30 years, if at all. Mm-hmm. So you can't tell me that every year there's going to be a guy. Well, no, be... unfortunately for your Pistons, there is not looking like a guy yeah, in this uh, year's uh, draft. We're <laughs> always, now you can sell that. You could sell that. And if you don't understand it, however, you need experience battle-tested players. But this is what I'm saying. The Nets could trade some of their draft picks that they've okay. accumulated for experienienced battle-tested players. Okay. Where are those guys? Go. But I'm those not guys the GM are... of the Nets. Well, well, <laughs> you give me Sean Marks' salary, I can give you the whole list. <laughs> who, who, everyone said, it is so hard to replace players who average 18 to 22 points a game. It's not like there are, it's not like there's tons of them just floating around out here. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone said, well, I can I can trade whatever. Okay, who's giving up 18 to 22 points a game? Who? Go. Like, that's not happening. So, I, again, I think for many in the media, they say these things. But, Mo, do you know how hard it is to replace that? Yep. Do you know how hard it is to get a player to average 18 points a game and a brand of basketball that you actually – have an opportunity, not that it guarantees that you will have an opportunity to win with, okay? That's very difficult. So we say these things without, in my opinion, respecting the game. I think it's very disrespectful because these players like Jimmy Butler, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Giannis, these are really, really, really good players. And you don't just trade those. Well, let me just get a couple of draft picks for that. And then you can get you can get that player. No. Well, well that's, that's what Brooklyn that did when they traded away Katie and Kyrie. So the, the, but the, that was a unique set of circumstances. There's a unique set of circumstances. However, however, when you're building a team, it's very, very tough to build a team around free agents. It almost never happens. It's a fun thing to do. It's a fun exercise. We love the big names. We love the headline trades. However, how many teams have actually built a team around free agency and have any sustainability? It's very hard to do. 
-hmm. it's a math problem. Like if you if you want to just have fun and talk, okay, that's great. I don't have a I'm not I don't have a problem with that. However, if you're trying to build something great, if you're trying to do something, you got to have a foundation. The foundation is the is the math of the equation. That's why most of these teams are built through the draft. That's why it that's why yep. we covered the draft. Yep. And if we're gonna cover the draft, that means we have to take on the responsibility. Of when we draft a a a a, a, a Wimbenyama, it's going to take some years. Now it's fun to watch OKC play, but just two or three years ago, Mo, <laughs> they weren't. That's why they no. were had an opportunity to draft Chet Holmgren and and Williams and all the well, other players. That's the value of the draft picks. Yeah, if you're willing to go through the process, yeah. but you got to get it right. It doesn't guarantee that. It doesn't even guarantee that you're going to get it right. You know what I mean? And like, there is no secret formula to this. No. Sometimes you might draft a player and he doesn't turn out to be the player you thought he's going to be. No. Sometimes that player may not even be available in the draft. Yep. Well, speaking of building teams, another prediction that the AI has come up with is a major team will be caught in a salary cap scandal leading to unprecedented penalties and the reshuffling of player contracts around the league. All right, what maybe, does that mean? Maybe it knows something we don't. Maybe it's, okay, maybe it's seeing is, these contracts. What does, that, what does that mean? I don't know. I assume, or, or what I can deduce from this, is a salary cap scandal leading to unprecedented penalties and reshuffling of player contracts. Plus the league would be a player getting paid under the table for taking a discount in their contract or something to that extent. Um, but there is no way that we could predict that or, or discuss that really, because we just have to wait for that to unfold. Some of these are kind of a little bit off base, but this is what the computer said. And, yeah, I don't, and, yeah, and I don't if this does is. happen, then shout out to the, to the computers because we're all going to be jobless by the end of it. If they know this already, before it even happens but that's five of them on tomorrow's episode we're going to give you the other five and react to those some of them a little bit more interesting than the ones we had today so you don't want well, to miss that can i just say something here of i course. respectfully disagree with those predictions because I, I don't think there's nothing unique about them. like what's unique about those predictions you just say things with no accountability so if it doesn't happen do we just like dismiss it yes <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If, it, like, if none of these happens I will never do this again but if yeah, some yeah, of them yeah. are true then I'm going to look at it next year that, okay. that's the way I see it we're going to check out five more on tomorrow's episode make sure you lock in subscribe YouTube, Spotify, Apple wherever you get your podcasts from and most importantly get buckets <laughs>